Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. she her hers and i'm josie pronouns they them theirs they them theirs and we're, we're your, your judges. judges and this is by the cover podcast a podcast with much better sound Ooh, back in the studio you can get those nice reverbs <laughs> from that sound yeah definitely reverb is the word there <laughs> um but yeah no we're we're very excited we we're actually just talking today um mm-hmm. about uh, how we sometimes to be back talk at the shop once at least yeah. during a day. During a day, um, but that um, they were really excited to be back uh, in in the shop mm-hmm. uh, in the studio. That's uh, in the shop at Waco at Franklin Shop on Franklin. Uh, we're gonna it. do that again. You're doing great. We're, we're gonna do that again. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, no, we were talking today that we're really excited uh, to be back here in the in the studio uh, on the at the fuck at the shop on Franklin. That's going to be the take. We're doing it. <laughs> we're moving on. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we're incredibly grateful uh, to be here, to have Mike monitoring us, um, making sure that we don't go too crazy. Don't go nuts. Oh, boy. Okay. All right, here we are. Yeah, no, um, we are here. Listeners, I... it's, uh, it's another episode. Did of it... a, It's a deep dive into Amazon book review culture. Yeah, we're going to dissect some book reviews. Becca... What do you got? I'm going to take you on a vacation because we can't do that right now. <laughs> um, so today I have for you Drunk on a Plane, The Misadventures of a Drunk in Paradise, book one by Zane Mitchell. <laughs> I have had I have had <laughs> this book in my, in my pocket, kind of just uh-huh. tucked away since before we were just kind of making jokes and making each other laugh about this one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I had it on a note in my phone that I found recently. Um, and I've been suggesting that I read this book to you for a few times. You haven't chosen it. Um, so now I'm choosing for you. So I'm drunk. Daniel T. Drunk Jr., if you really want to know, and I'm on a plane headed to Paradise Isle on the trip of a lifetime. His last name is Drunk. Yeah. The occasion. Drunk's in paradise. Yeah. Drunk on a plane. Drunk on a plane. You you probably found the milieu of kind of the whole series' titles. Uh Uh-huh. Drunk on a. Oh, Okay. Uh, drunk, drunk in a bathtub. Drunk on a bathtub. Um, <laughs> drunk at home. Drunk. It's, you know, it's just this is talking about how I was last night. Also, can we talk about like is anyone would actually be named drunk? That doesn't anyway. Um, the occasion, my honeymoon. Except there's only one problem. I'm riding solo. It's a really long story, and if you don't mind, I'd prefer to leave it at that. Really? Yeah, I I actually hope I don't get any exposition. <laughs> That's the end of the book, actually. We've read it all. 
I don't want to know anything about this guy's story. <laughs> really? You must know? Fine. I get it. You're the nosy type. Here's the abbreviated version. Of it. I came within an inch of marrying a cheating slut. Ooh. There. Get the picture? Good. But that's not what this story is about. This story is about what happened after I got to paradise and a dead body showed up in my motel room. I like that they got a motel. <laughs> and of course, Drunk in a motel. the cops tried to blame it on me. And then Drunk in a cop car. the actual murderer decided that they wanted me dead too. Fuck. Drunk in the grave. The hits just kept on coming. And to top it all off, this woman started following me around the island and she couldn't seem to keep her hands off of me, but not in a good way. <laughs> Wait. I understand that, like, the good way is probably, like, sexually. Um, but I don't think that there's ever been a situation where I would say, like, oh, this person just couldn't keep their hands off me, and I was not communicating in the bad way, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess kind of with the, the, the setup that they've made of, like, drunk, I don't know, like, maybe he was worried. I don't know. Who knows? So if you're interested in a bit of Caribbean-flavored action and adventure with a hint of sexual tension, a dash of unapologetic profanity, and a kick-ass ending, then this is your book. I don't know what happened to my voice when I said ending, but it was not good. Ending. If you're looking for the next best piece of literature since... Oh, hell, who am I kidding? I don't know shit about good literature, but if this that's what you're looking for, then keep moving, because this ain't that. If, however, you're like me and just looking for a good time, then I'm your fella. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Rated R for language, crude humor, and sexual innuendos. Rated A plus for entertainment value. If you want a good book, <laughs> you will one not that's been well written, you know, a, a well constructed story, <laughs> look elsewhere. Um. So I know we don't often highlight the editorial reviews, but I did want to highlight this like five star review. Mm -hmm. um, funny to the point of embarrassing, sitting in a coffee shop with a book laughing out loud, one of the funniest best read books for a while. But I just really loved funny to the point of embarrassing because that's like the bolded part of it. So I was like, oh, is that going to be the title of this review? <laughs> to the point of embarrassing um also kind of strange uh with the with the customer images of this book there is um there is a man who is standing <laughs> on a ship like before a sunset and it's like kind of like a stereotypical white bread guy mm -hmm. uh like that's kind of something i'd expect to be with this book mm -hmm. and then the other image the one other image with this book is a cosplayer in barely nothing uh she's got red hair uh let's see let let me let me yeah, she's got red hair um, and is wearing a cosplay of a character that I don't know. What? But she's pretty much in a bikini. Right. So I don't really know. In like a fantasy bikini. Yeah, like a fantasy, like. She's kind of got like some like, she's got like bracers almost yeah. like, on her arms. No, it's like definitely supposed to be armor, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can agree on that. Right. Um, Fantakini. No. So, um, Gulf Coast Texan. <laughs> Gulf Coast Exxon, actually, because there's no T's there, so it is Gulf Coast Exxon. Gulf Coast Exxon. Coast Texan. Coast Texan. Coast Texan. <laughs> uh, drunk. What's in a name? This is five stars. <laughs> a drunk by any other name would still be just as drunk. <laughs> Police officer Danny Drunk self-imposed three years of celibacy. Oh my god, what Celly. is it? Celibacy. He's about to be forever changed. Until it is forever changed by his now ex-fiance, who on the day before their wedding was caught in the act of being not celibate. Since oh. I just like want to know why he needs to be celibate. Be anti-celibate. 
since the honeymoon it's wave. the new wave of incel it's the anti-cell no 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 2020 can't bring anything worse than it already has and a new incel might be it you know um since the honeymoon was paid for, he decides to travel onward and alone to the Caribbean island paradise of his wedded dreams and immerse himself in booze and women and not necessarily in that order. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we specify? I didn't think that it was in that order. <laughs> through, <laughs> through a couple of chance meetings on the flight over, he quickly finds himself a person of interest in murder, international theft of cryptocurrency, and a rogue CIA agent named Natasha slash Nicole. Drunk on the case. Drunk, fearing life <laughs> in a third world prison. Whoa. Drunken prison. <laughs> quickly launches into his own investigation and with the help of Al, an elderly gentleman who is a lot sharper than he looks, and the rogue CIA agent cause much mayhem themselves and bring grief to the bad guys. This book is funny, well-written, and has a solid, fast-moving plotline. This promises to be a series that I will read for as long as the drunk stories are told. Oh, because, like, a, like a drunk story. Like, like a drunk like story. Like when you were drinking. Uh, Eves H. Vrylink gave it one star mm -hmm. with the title Neanderthal. The main character in this book says to a random woman on an airplane, I am federally licensed to go down on your landing strip. No further comment. <laughs> I, why does he promise to be celibate for so, for three years? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden is just like, I will fuck it if it moves. <laughs> um, I think it also like, you know, Needs to be a woman. B-Man gave it one star. Do not waste your time. Mm -hmm. One wants to respect the efforts made by a writer, but this is just a waste of time. One wants, Protagon but one cannot. Protagonist is horrible. The only thing the author really concentrates on is the protagonist's pecker throughout the story. There is no redeeming <laughs> qualities. I think you mean his landing strip. <laughs> no, it was her landing strip. Oh, I thought that she was going down on his no. landing strip. She, he says he he says I am federally licensed to go down on your landing strip. Oh, I guess maybe that makes more sense. I mean, I guess one Neither, is long uh, and straight, uh, and the other one is flattish. No, this is the thing, right? See, no genitalia <laughs> seems to me like it should be called a landing strip ever, and I think that's where I'm gonna. So that is what the land? happy trail is for, right? Like what? Like, like, like the happy trail is the landing strip. And then this got, this got, this got real rough. Yeah. Unfortunately what, ruining what's, one. What? I don't know, what's like the, the dip would be the it, airport. <laughs> so you go down on the happy trail, which is the landing strip. I guess. And then here there, comes the airplane. Move on to the airport. I love it. Oh. <laughs> Like, like the tower, you know? Please save us. Okay. Unfortunately, ruining what could have been an acceptable mystery. I have wasted more money in a bar than the price of this junk, but the time to get through the 33% of the book is lost. How much does the book cost? Uh, this, this book, this one book, will, will cost you $2.99. Yeah. I don't I, know why that I guess, yeah, thing you happened have, with you my have, voice. You have wasted more money in a bar if you bought one drink and at one a drink. bar. And just the world's cheapest drink, you know, two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, like unless you're going for like happy hour and not tipping. 
Um, in which case, you're a terrible human being. So, so Kindle customer was surprised with two stars. Mm -hmm. When I started this book, I was intrigued as it told was as it is told from the point of view of the main character. However, in the first few chapters, he has gotten drunk, thrown up, not brushed his teeth, or showered in two days, and comes to a young woman on a plane just outside the plane laboratory in a very non-PC manner. I did finish the book, but probably would not follow series. It does sound like a Neanderthal. He, he very much does. Uh, it sounds like he's a bad person. That being said, Isabel's mother gave it five stars. Silly sleuthing in paradise. Oh. Okay. I will admit to at first being put off by the cardboard character character nature of Danny Drunk. Like a pinball, ping pong, bleh, like a pinball hitting on every woman he sees, the rough sketch of Drunk was annoyingly obvious and one-dimensionally sophomoric. But... As I kept reading, the book does keep you reading. I began to find Drunk a bit endearing, not for his wardrobe choices or bedroom misdeeds or drinking, for his affection of Al, his elderly acquaintance who insists upon being a crime-fighting psychic. Implausible plotline, but funny and a quick read. I found myself liking Drunk and Al. And who doesn't want to escape to a Caribbean isle for an evening or two? So in the end, I liked it so well that I found myself clicking the link to buy the next in the series, Drunk on a Boat, in which Denny Drunk becomes more human and more redeemable, even if he is still up into a lot of silly stuff. Read these books! I actually, um, I have a fan fiction that I've, I've written of this book. This is a lie. I have a fan fiction uh, that I've written of this book, um, and instead of making it to the, the paradise wherever, um, he, uh, the, the plane actually gets sucked into a portal. Um, like kind of like a time wormhole yeah, mm -hmm. sort of thing. And then like all of these strange happenings start going on. Um, and I call it Danny Drunko. <laughs> you just kept tunneling for that joke. Just kept going until you found it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of that joke. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be, but I am. <laughs> you know, like Danny Darko. Yeah. Yeah. The drunko. Anyway, I think we could write a really just like easy, like, and we could literally do anything, any any number of things to write any number of fanfics for this book. Drunk on a chair. Drunk in a bar. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Whoops. <laughs> That's so, nothing. So far, the ones I've come up with are drunk in my house, drunk in the bath, and drunk on a chair. So I think we're okay. <laughs> do you want to take us away from this misadventure? Yeah. Come, and into the ads? Come with me. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. That's I'm right. Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. <laughs> you can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse Podcast. Uh, at Rogue Media Network, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. <laughs> What's your excuse? And we're back. We back. It's been so long, so long. I missed you so much, Josie. Josie, please <sighs> give us a bit to get me away from whatever's happening. All right, all right, all right. It's time for my one of my favorite segments of the two that I do. Where are they now? Where are they now? Get there. Um, all right. Uh, so if you uh, if you've never listened uh, to a Where Are They Now segment, I'm gonna take 
a, a more recent uh, writing uh, is usually what I try to go for by a relatively well-known author. Um, and uh, and just uh, just read the the summary and the reviews and see how how Becca does if she can guess guess this author. I'm so excited. <clears throat> Camino wins. Camino, and Camino. then the experience of weather, the wind. Yes, Camino wins. Wins. Okay. Great. April yes. twenty eighth, twenty twenty. This is um, a recent book. It is the second in the Camino Island series. Okay. An American icon author's new novel, Camino Wins, an odd assortment of mystery and crime authors, some of them felons themselves, discover one of their colleagues has been murdered during the fury of a massive hurricane. The perfect crime scene. I thought you were going to say the perfect storm? It would be good too, yeah. Um, I've always thought that in the middle of a hurricane, I should go out and murder someone. Since officials are preoccupied with the aftermath of the storm, the authors set out to solve the mystery themselves in the type of wild but smart caper that this author's readers love. Okay, James Patterson. No. Damn. Wild caper. Fun little fact, that wasn't the summary. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle no. came back from the dead to write this book. Good try, though. Um, uh, that wasn't the summary. That was a review from what? Delia Owens, author of Where the Crawdads Sing. Wouldn't it be Delia? Delia? D-E-L-I-A? D-E-L-I-A, I mean, Delia? Like Cordelia? Yeah. Um, sure. Delia Owens, author of Where the Crawdads Sing. You know, I almost Which... brought that book to this podcast today. Oh, really? I mean, not in this context or even in a review context, but in another game. Oh. Hello. Oh. Uh, tune in next week, um, two weeks from now. Later. Or tune in two weeks ago, depending on what order Mike puts the two episodes in. Cursed. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but for whatever reason, instead of like... And, reviewing? And, and, and instead of like reviewing, instead of giving anything... Um, and again, I want to be clear, like this is a part of like the summary section where they would normally put like a New York Times review or like a similar author's review. And instead, Delia Owens just decided, I need to give a summary. To let you know what's happening in this book. Uh, so I'm going to skip the majority of the summary because it actually says the exact same thing again. Um, wow. But we're going to cut in. I believe in. that Delia did read this book. I believe that. <laughs> I do believe it. Um, I, I don't know, actually. Um, it looks like she read the summary. Who would want Nelson dead? The local police are overwhelmed in the aftermath of the storm and ill-equipped to handle the case. Bruce, our main character, begins to wonder if the shady characters in Nelson's novels might be more real than fictional. And somewhere on Nelson's computer is the manuscript of his new novel. Could the key to the case be right there, in black and white? What? As Bruce starts to investigate, what he discovers between the lines is more shocking than any of Nelson's plot twists. Homoerotic subtext. Far more, <laughs> yes. far more dangerous. <laughs> um, Jennifer L. Wheeler, one star, all caps, because the subject is all caps. Ordered by mistake. Oh, it definitely, definitely did. I thought I was getting a book. I don't own a Kindle. Oh, no. Poor Jennifer. Oh, I've done that before, too, where I wanted to order a hard copy book, and I ordered it to my Kindle account. Mm -hmm. That sucks. 
Um, it does suck. And, uh, you know, this is a deep dive into uh, Amazon book review culture. And something that we haven't gotten into yet is the comment section. The comment section? That's right. People can comment on your reviews on Amazon uh, books. That sounds like an error. <laughs> That sounds like something that should not be legal in any country. Hannah Six says, and what's with the 30 people who found this review helpful? They are just as vacuous, apparently. <laughs> Which I did not understand until I continued reading and saw that this is actually the second comment that Hannah Six made, but that Amazon does them uh, sorts them by the newest. And so the timeline is completely messed up. A little bit before that, Hannah Six said, this rating should be removed. Not fair to the author to have someone post a one-star rating because they are unable to follow instructions or read or comprehend what you're supposed to be rating here. Wow. Kindle customer David says, why would you order a book when you can't read? What? Amazon customer <laughs> that says. Is, that is not, I don't think that's what she said, though. I think maybe Kindle customer David's point is like, if you can't read that you're buying a Kindle, why would you want a book, you know? It's so easy to miss, it really though. It is. Amazon customer says, perhaps this reviewer is a neophyte. This rating has nothing to do with the book content. And another Amazon customer says, I encourage everyone who is annoyed by this review to click the report abuse link. Reviewing what? a book you haven't read is an abuse of the review mechan mechanism. Mechanism. Me mechanism. The mechanism. Um, so that's been a fun little just diversion into the comments. I, oh man, I am so upset that that exists. It just like, it opens up this whole new world of like possibilities. Horror. horror yeah. Um, A.R. Hulsenbeck. Hulsenbeck. Gives four stars to uh, Camino Winds and says, a hurricane, a murder, and a greedy corporation. Oh, well, I mean, that's... that's a do you ever wonder what else happens to the characters after a story ends? Uh, no, actually, because I've only ever read uh, the Harry Potter series that J.K. Rowling tells me over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what a transphobic but piece of shit. This novel revisits um, oh, J.K. Rowling. Oh, I was like, this reviewer? How do you know? <laughs> no, What's just, happening? Just, no, J.K. Rowling. This novel revisits the scene and some of the characters of the author's 2017 book, mm. Camino Island, mm -hmm. three years later. I also figured, so A.R. Hilsenbeck, if you haven't figured out, is also going to give us a summary. So we're just going to kind of piece together what this book's about. Uh -huh. Mercer Mann's last stop on her book tour is Bruce Cable's Bay Books. This time, she really is just signing books, not trying to infiltrate Bruce's circle in order to find stolen F. Scott Fitzgerald manuscripts. Which that is, seems wildly specific. It's the plot of Camino Island. Oh. Apparently. Unfortunately, after a dinny party. A dinny party. A dinny party? <laughs> you ever go and just want some of that dinny, you know? Uh, a dinner party thrown by Bruce in her honor, and before her scheduled appearance the next day, a Category 4 hurricane steers toward the Florida island, and an evacuation is ordered. Mercer and her fiancé leave, but some diehards remain. This lapse of judgment causes several deaths, including Bruce's thriller writer friend, Nelson Kerr. But Nelson's fatal injuries were not caused by the storm. That doesn't seem consistent with a hurricane injury. Um, actually, I am a, I am a, uh, a novel writer, and I know exactly what uh, hurricane wounds look like versus uh, to every other oh, kind of wound. You know what? I just don't. Unless unless the weather patterns are really changing due to global warming, I was unaware that a hurricane could carry a gun. <laughs> uh, uh, I love this author's work. Unlike most of his novels, this yes. is... Okay. 
This is not a legal thriller, but a murder mystery. Legal thriller. I don't read legal thrillers. You don't need to read legal thrillers. You need to know the one author that everyone knows writes legal thrillers. Ah? Ah? No? Oh, okay. Suspense <laughs> build. Your, um, your parents might like this author. Um... My parents certainly did. We listened to his books in cars all the time. Um, oh no, there's like that one guy who's written so many books. Yeah, Suspense Build as a Conspiracy is uncovered. I am searching Amazon because I know the book, but I do not have it in my brain. In their efforts it, to piece together what happened to Nelson, Bruce and his friends unwittingly put other people in danger. Is it John Grisham? It is John Grisham wrote Camino Winds, uh, and this is where he is now. I have to admit, I wish Camino Island was a real place and Bruce Cable was a real person. I'd love to do a book signing someday at Bay Books. I wonder if there are booksellers like him who take good care of their authors. And this has been a thing that I I've found. I don't know if my family ever read like John Grisham. Never got into John Grisham? I think we got into, I think I saw more like John Clancy. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Tom. Tom Clancy. That one. Vegas Bill says. Male authors all work together. That's valid. Three stars. Not your usual Grisham legal thriller. <laughs> this one's silly and on an island. This book has a few interesting characters, but was poorly constructed. Oh. The first character. Who do you think the first character that's introduced is? We've got a uh, hurricane. Got character. It, Hurricane Maureen. You're right. That's the first character, Hurricane Leo, which strikes Camino Island at the beginning <laughs> of the book. Had little interest for me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the hurricane's coming to the island. Like I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this I'm, island finally. I'm a hurricane. Doop, 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 first day of life. Going to destroy this island. Doop, doop, doop. It's a Friday. Doop, doop, doop. Yeah. For the first third of the book, we read about it's coming. It's here. It's gone. And look what's happened. I'm like, yeah, that's what the first third of a book is for. I mean, you know, the setup. Setting the up setting the, the story. Scene, yeah. Telling who the characters are. Such as the first human characters, the protagonists we meet while this was going on, were only sort of interesting at best. Bruce Cable, bookstore owner with a checkered past, living in an open relationship with his French girlfriend who spends half her time in France, living with her married French boyfriend who is also in an open relationship those relationships could bring some drama to the story, but they don't. Well, they're just in a very open relationship. They're, they're in an open relationship. They're very happy together. I don't know why that means that. I will say, though, those I are very interesting characters. I was confused being explained to the relationship, so I guess that could be part of the drama. It's like It's like me trying to describe my, my sibling situation to you. Yeah, in your, like, 42 different step and half Yeah, siblings. absolutely. 42 of them. Good job, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad. <laughs> Bob Cobb, a writer who is rather incidental to the story. It's just, it's just there. Nick Sutton, college student interning at the bookstore who is semi-interesting but not integral to the real plot. Nelson Kerr. The last of the four amigos and another writer who is murdered during the height of the hurricane. Bruce takes it upon himself, along with Bob and Nick, to solve the murder. That's when we really meet the most interesting characters, including a very low-profile but high-priced private investigators, killers for hire, FBI agents, crooked business moguls, and others. Unfortunately, we have, to, we have had to wade through more than half the book before they come along and spice up the story. The book winds up like a bad movie, with Bruce, Bob... And Nick, sitting in a bar, drinking beer, enjoying the sunset, and laughing about their adventure. Why is that a bad movie? I don't know. That's a satisfying trope. 
I felt this book was well below many of the quality novels. Mr. Grisham has written. The quality of Monsieur Jean Grisham. Oh, oh, Grisham. You are so excellent. Um, HRM says, a real eye-opening expose. Five mm-hmm. stars. Mm-hmm. I don't think HRM knows what expose means because this is definitely a fictional book. Big storm pounding an island off the Florida coast. By the time it's done, it has blown away more than buildings uncovering a well-hidden white-collar crime syndicate. Syndicate. There's more to that review, but I didn't want to read it. <laughs> um, and then um, I've, got, I've got a couple more, but before I go to them, I want to say that in three different reviews, one person said Grisha meets Agatha Christie. Another person said... Uh, if they make a movie of Camino Wins, look for it on the Hallmark Channel. What? And I felt like I had returned to the era of the Hardy Boys mysteries. Whoa, is that is this novel this square? <laughs> I feel like Drunk on a Plane really led us one direction, and now apparently Camino Wins is just like... I think the big thing with like Ag- the Agatha Christie connect is about like the amateur detectives, you know? Uh-huh. But this is the thing, is that like that's... Well, no, because you have one of two types of Agatha Christie. You either have Poirot, who's, mm -hmm. like, expert. Inspector. Versus Miss Marple, Marple, who's Mm -hmm. just like, meh, meh, meh. Or you have Everyone Dies in the Case of a Nun There Were None. Oh, Everyone Dies in a Nun There Were None? Well, that's the title of the book. Bummer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good good book. It's a good, I like it. Used to have a really racist name. And then they got a other racist name and now it's and then there were none stick with law says rec reader two stars this book sucks john grisham is at his best when he writes about what he knows which is law this is not a legal thriller this has little to nothing to do about law maybe grisham needs to hang up the pen parentheses quit writing thanks rec reader wow thanks for letting me know what you meant that doesn't seem constructive that seems mean. Well, you know what he wants Grisham to do? Count his money. Coach Little League. And ride <laughs> off into the sunset. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, at this point, John Grisham has nothing to lose. Either he's going to write a really banger book or, like, he's going to still have all his money. I don't, like, I again, I've listened to a few John Grisham. I enjoyed them at the time. Looking back, I don't know that he's ever written a good book. Wow. That's a scathing review. I mean, he's just written books, you know? Can anyone really write a good good book? book? M. Brilliant says five stars. Wow. Uh, They say, I loved Camino Island. I was so excited when I heard about Camino Wins. I am not disappointed. Quite the opposite. I love JG books, legal thriller or not. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm ready for the next one. Now, I know there wasn't really anything funny in there. Um, And the reason that there's nothing funny in there is because the, the content is not... What I really, really loved, it was the subject, which is now Myra. Oh, because the main character's named now Myra. She's named Myra, right? Myra's no. the name Myra. Nope. Mm-mm. That's what I thought too. I thought, oh, Myra is someone's name. Mm-mm. You didn't say the name Myra. Uh, let's see. Mercer is someone. Mercer Man. Uh, uh Nelson Care. Uh, Bruce, no one, no one so far that I've seen named Myra. I, I now need to find out. This is 
entirely too much for me. Myra Amino wins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Heard the name. Yeah. I don't know. Wait. Hang on. Hang on. I've found. I have found the book on Google Books, and it is true. Someone. Someone is, is named, named Myra. Myra. And in fact, now Myra, Lay said softly, will not be prying. About oh. five lines later, now Myra, that's a touchy subject. Oh, this is good writing. And then about five lines later, now Myra. Wow. Yikes. And then still on that same page, last line, now Myra Lee lay cooed as Bruce handed him a drink. So. Someone, there is a Myra somewhere. There is a Myra, and someone says now Myra a lot. It's a catchphrase. It's a catchphrase. It's a new catchphrase. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Buy the Cover Podcast. It's me, Josie, now Myra. That worked for you. That worked. <laughs> now let's hop into the end. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for, for listening to Buy the Cover Podcast. We'll be right back after these ads. Now, now Myra. Myra. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to VHS Trackers. This is Corey and Bryson signing off. But before we do, we're saying... Hey everyone, thanks for listening to VHS Trackers. You can follow us by... Hey everyone. (laughs) Sorry, dude. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to VHS Trackers. You can follow us at roguemedianetwork.com. Signing off, this is Corey and Bryson saying have a totally rad day. Late. Then Myra, we're back. Now Myra, then Myra, very good. Thank you, I'm funny. (laughs) Are these good ear sounds for everyone? I'm having a great time. Uh, (laughs) All right, Becca, I... uh, I'm so excited for this book today. I have, uh, I've I've brought you a... We've had a lot of Paradise Island today. We're very much on the same wavelength. Uh, we are gonna we're gonna be cutting away though. We're gonna be cutting away from Smash Cut Paradises and right into dark. I don't know. <laughs> now from the paradise straight into the hurricane. I don't know. <laughs> Who can save us now? Brand new superheroes and their amazing short stories. Oh no! By Owen King and John McNally. I want to be clear, they are the editors and collectors mm-hmm. of the short stories. They found these short stories on shrapnels of Yeah, just kind literature. of like tra- yeah. I don't know. B- book grenade shrapnel. <laughs> My new character. The book grenade sh- shrapnel here here to re- recruit you for the for the for the <laughs> the fighting forces. <laughs> there you go. 22 of today's most talented writers and comic fans unite in who can save us now. An anthology featuring an anthology 
anthology featuring... Did I say those words right? Yes, you said them correctly. They felt so bad in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's an anthology. Uh, It's featuring brand new superheroes equipped for the threats and challenges of the 21st century. Oh. With a few supervillains thrown in for good measure. Edited and with contributions by Owen King, we're all in this together, and John McNally, America's Report Card. Who Can Save Us Now enriches the superhero canon immeasurably. Actually, uh, it sounds like Ooh, it's by about measured. it's about twenty two stories is what it is how it enriches okay, it. Okay, but like how that's about twenty two. Can really measure how much how those twenty two stories measurable. are really <laughs> narrow casting in pages <laughs> in word count in cups of Red Bull and whiskey. Do you drink cups of Red Bull and usually? whiskey mixed together? No, and not Red Bull ever. <laughs> My joke was about authors and how unhealthy they are, with mutations stranger than the X-Men, and with even more baggage than the Hulk. (laughs) A lot of baggage. I Uh, mean, he's got strong arms. He can... He's got big shorts, you know? Big baggage. Lots of baggage. You know? (laughs) He's going on a trip. Yeah, no, so he has big, strong arms so he can carry the suitcases. This next generation of super... (laughs) We both made good jokes. (laughs) This next generation of superheroes is a far cry from your run-of-the-mill caped crusader. From the image-conscious and not-very-mysterious masked meathead who swoops in and sweeps the tough girl reporter off her feet to the meerkat. so fresh. Right? It's just new. Did you just say meat cat? Meerkat. (laughs) Um... It was a masked meathead, and now there's another superhero, the meerkat, who overcomes his species' cute and cuddly image to become the resident hero in a small Midwestern city. That's right, it's a real meerkat. To the silverfish. He's in the zoo just like, crime seems wrong. I'm a meerkat. That's odd. You know, I'm, I'm here, I'm in the Minnesota Zoo, and I've noticed, hmm, crime exists. I should stop that. Anyway, the Silverfish is the creepy superhero who fights crime while maintaining the slipperiest of identities to Mana Man, who manipulates the minds of televangelists to serve his own righteous mission. That's right. There's someone who mind controls televangelists so that they use the money that they've taken from people for good. Maybe? These protectors, and in some cases antagonizers, of the innocent and the virtuous will delight literary enthusiasts and comic fans alike. I like that they're acting like comic fans don't read. (laughs) Uh, They don't. BJ, three stars, (laughs) semi-super stories. Finally finished it. Who can save us now is good, not great. If you were to only read... If you wear, if you wear, to only read the best stories, it's a five-star quality book. But Uh-oh. everyone has their own opinion on which stories were best, so you're stuck. Re- Excuse me. But everyone has their own opinion on which stories were best, so you're stuck reading them all and deciding for yourself. Dot 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 dot. It seemed to me that a lot of the writers didn't quite grasp what a superhero story is and got totally of course. And to make matters worse, what? Off course. Off course. Of course. Um, to make matters worse, their stories were long-winded. <sighs> the three-foot wind right there. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the book has 22 stories, eight of which I thought were exceptionally written. Remains of the Night, The Pentecostal Home for Flying Children, uh-huh. The 13th Egg, The Snipper, Man Oh Man, It's Man Oh Man, My Interview with the Avenger, Mr. Big Deal, The Somewhat Super, and uh, those are the eight. Those are the eight. The, the meerkat eight. just doesn't seem to have rated. D- hasn't resonated with BJ. Start with one of those first and proceed with caution on the other stories not mentioned. I just really wanted to read that review so that we could get all the fucking weird names <laughs> that are in this book. Um, specifically... Man, oh man, it's man, oh man. Man, oh man, it's man, oh man. Don Nikponsky. I really want man, oh man's power not to be, like, to manipulate people's minds. Like, not to bag on the original, act, like, uh-huh. authors. Because, like, like make, it like sounds like they've made some interesting... From the sky. Oh, see, no, I wasn't thinking mana. I was thinking, like... <laughs> He forces people to compulsively just go man 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 That's what I want from man man. Yeah. Yeah. It distracts them long enough that like they can't rob the bank anymore or they've got a gun and then all of a sudden they've got to do a silly dance. It's like Tasha's hideous laughter but Yeah, just Manaz. But for Manaz, yeah. Uh, they can also make him do phenomenon. Now that I'm thinking about it, like from the Muppets. Oh yeah, it'd be really good for like a flash mob yep. <laughs> phenomena situation. Yeah, you know, nobody ever believed in him. You can only do those two songs, but <laughs> boy howdy. Uh, Don Nikponsky, three stars. Okay. And then the content of the. Yeah. Okay. 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 Which I really appreciate that Don has given us the essence of what a three-star review really should be saying. Uh, okay. Is it like just lowercase? Just, yeah, just okay. The letter L, letter K. Yep. Extant. Elmore Hams also gives three stars. Elmore so Hams? Elmore Hams. <laughs> yes. Ah, Mr. Hams. <laughs> this is a real person's name, I Becca. S- you don't know that? No, it's valid. Three stars. Some very good. Some... Very average. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Most short story collections I have read have been fairly even in the stories contained within the particular collection as far as how much I enjoyed them or how well I feel they were written. Who Can Save Us Now is an exception to that. There are several very good stories that I enjoyed quite a bit, notably Tom Bissell's My Interview with the Avenger and Owen King's The Meerkat. Oh! However, yeah, so for for, um, Elmore, The Meerkat really was mm, just right there. However, others were not up to par for me with weak, obvious, or missing plots. Cretaceous Seas, comma, Mr. Big Deal. Oh, a disagreement amongst the reviewers. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> have you actually, have you seen the ads for the, the uh, what's called The Great Debate? No. It's coming out on sci-fi. It's like celebrities that are like super into like comics and stuff arguing about comics. It looks like it's actually going to be kind of fun. That sounds like I'm going to disagree with a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) The good ones were worth getting through the not-so-good ones. None of them are overly long to feel your time was wasted. Four or five stars for the good ones, two or three for the others. Average rating for the book of three stars. Gringo, one star. But Gringo comes in with an innovation. Listen for it. Okay, I'm fresh. I'm ready. I'm fresh. (laughs) Just ready to go. Really awful book. Wow. Minus three stars. Minus really. three stars. I, yeah, we That's need a right. negative system. That is a new, do we, <laughs> what does negative three stars mean to you? I mean. Because like one star is the worst. Like book, it's a bad book. This book killed some of my brain. <laughs> it was so bad. 
I deserve three hours back from my life. <laughs> One star for every hour I want back. Wow. Um, awful book. I kept reading, hoping to find... Oh, no, that's not... I was riffing. Oh, okay. I don't know if you'd actually given that kind of wanted experience. Mm. Awful book. I kept reading, hoping to find one story that was good, but oh. every last one dropped the ball big time. Oh. I suppose that it is considered clever writing to literally drop the supposed main plot and end a story in an unsatisfying manner. I mean, to set up a plot for 95% of the story, then suddenly drop that plot line and resolve the story in a backhanded, anticlimactic way. I get the feeling that none of these writers even want to understand superheroes in any way. And instead of bringing new insight into the concept, they just trash the concept along with their characters as if saying, why did I bother writing this mess? And boy, aren't you sorry you read it? I mean, I do. I think that is a valid criticism because I think a lot of people in their like quest to deconstruct an extant thing mm -hmm. or like like media stereotype, they often like bring up the media stereotype and then they're like, ha ha ha, but it's not that, you silly, you silly viewers yeah. who are trying to assume something about our story yeah. at Avengers Endgame who kept telling me that time travel isn't how it is in the movies even though I'm watching a freaking movie. <laughs> well, and, and I think that there's a big difference between a novel and a short story. I think that a lot of short stories do kind of depend on that like twist ending, Isaac Asimov's Oh Earth. Earth is the robot, True. you know, like that kind of like twist sort of a thing. Um, but no, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely valid. I just don't know what it means to um, like not understand superheroes in any way, because it's pretty obvious power, ability and hero, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, capable more than the average human to to do their mission and mission is for some good. Good, presumably. I mean, anti-heroes exist. Anti-heroes exist, but then, you know, they're an anti-hero, not a superhero, I would argue. I mean, but like, Deadpool. A super, uh, a mutant anti-hero, if you will. I mean, I think people would still call them the superheroes. Okay, well, let's get into it now. Fight! Brian Carnell, one star. Bloody awful. Oh, no. <laughs> bloody awful, eh, chaps? Yeah, this book was bloody awful. I gave up on it about 200 plus pages in. I kept reading one story after the other, hoping I'd run into a decent, well-written story. But no such luck. Potentious writing coupled with plots and characterizations straight out of some introduction to creative writing course at the local community college. Damn, I mean, that's like really shitty towards community colleges. I mean, just because you can't afford to go to a massive university because my dad doesn't give me money or some shit or like your parent family doesn't have money and you want to go to school to better your life, like, doesn't mean anything, Chad. We do enjoy, we do enjoy some classism from time to time. Got a little passionate there, sorry. Sam Quixote, two stars. Sam Quixote. Review for part of the book. <laughs> Who Can Save Us Now is a 2008 anthology of short stories by non-comics writers about superheroes edited by Stephen King's son, Owen. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Huh. I, so I do think it is interesting that they've chosen non-comic writers to write this thing. Yeah, it's, it's well-known well authors... Um, it's well-known authors who like comics writing superhero stories. Okay, okay, okay. Um, 
I bought this solely because of Scott Snyder's story, The 13th Egg, which he revealed in a recent podcast interview with Kevin Smith. Batman on Batman number 19, highly recommended, was the spark that set him on the path to writing superhero comics. So this is a review of that one story rather than the 22 stories as a whole. This is the weird thing, right? Is he says it's non-comics writers, but then... That seems like a comic writer. Scott Snyder is a comic writer, maybe has written one comic. Um, Snyder's tale is set in 1946 and features Everett Batson, wink, wink, a young man recently discharged from the Navy oh. and returning to his small American town. Yeah, he's, I think he writes some Batman stuff. Yeah, no, you mean he's written Detective Comics, um, Batman, Swamp Thing, and notably for me, American Vampire, which is one of my faves. Oh. Uh, he's returning to his small American town back to his sweetheart and his loving family. But something happened to Batson when he was stationed overseas. He was exposed to a massive atomic explosion and was somehow the sole survivor. And now he's back home, his skin's burning all the time, and he's slowly changing. Snyder's writing is fine. I just wanted a bit more action from his story, which really isn't a superhero story. For most of it, we find out about Everett and his girlfriend's relationship while Everett and his dad make a speed racer for a local derby. It's only in the last page that anything resembling a superhero story emerges, like a flare, but just as briefly it appears and then disappears and the story's over. I was hoping to find a small gem in this short, a glimpse, maybe, of a character in utero. What? what? It's because Snyder wrote this before he, uh, before he got, writed, wrote comics. So he writed? I, he writed comics. And so I think what Sam Quixote is saying is, like, I wanted to see, like, Batman in Creation, utero, you know? Yeah. Or indications of the kind of stories he would go on to write in Batman and American Vampire but was disappointed with this somewhat dull slice of Americana. Reading other reviews of this collection, I'm not encouraged to take on the other stories, which seem similarly written. That is, they're also not really superhero stories and are more than a a bit literary. Red pretentious. No. Chris Burnham's illustrations accompanying each story are excellent, though. The 13th Egg isn't a bad story, but reading it wouldn't make you think Snyder would go on to become one of the best superhero comics writers just a few years later. But there is such difference in, like, aesthetic and, like, style. And that's exactly that's exactly what I think, like, kind of, like, getting back to that other thing, like, of, oh, well, it's, like, oh, uh, like, sometimes when people are, like, deconstructing, like, someone else called it, like, postmodern superheroes mm-hmm. is kind of, like, what was a part of their review. And so I think that's actually what we're running into is not, like, people who don't get superheroes, and instead it's, like, didn't want this to be superhero superhero right. saves the city like that's not what we're doing like yeah the entire point was um so this book reminds me a whole lot of one of my um i only actually read one story collection from it but i really enjoyed it when i did um but uh it was a collection by george rr R. martin um mm-hmm. i've told you about it um the 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 ace one where essentially uh oh my gosh i'm forgetting the name of it and i feel terrible um well becca's looking that up i'm the worst wild cards of course um but the wild card series is so interesting Mm -hmm. just in terms of like how they kind of explore everything like it really does run the gamut from like this is superhero they're doing super things and like everyone's a mutation or somebody who's experienced the mutation for the first time it sounds Mm -hmm. like they succeeded where this one failed because they advertised it as superhero and then people were upset when it wasn't Right, yeah, exactly. The fact that they put superhero in the subtitle, which, like, again, like, and, like, the summary and, like, superheroes for today's age, which, of course, the problem is that we are already dealing with superhero comics being set in today's time. So it doesn't, like, that is kind of a misnomer. But, like, I, I feel like the um, 
who can save us now seriously though like like if a Thanos snap were coming in this year I'd be like yeah I mean literally (laughs) that and more good god just Just bring it it on bud it's fine we didn't have any of those but you know um Thank you, everyone, for listening to us talk. Yeah. We like talking, and you like listening. So, or at least you better. What a talk. what a g- super healthy relationship <laughs> we're in with our <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah. So please, please drop a review for us. Don't base it, but don't base it on my mean personality. She she's just misunderstood. <laughs> she had a hard life. A hard life. Seven brothers. So she didn't ever learn how to wear a dress. Seven brothers and seven brides. <laughs> no, no, not that musical. Ah, um, don't um, get me yeah, started please, on that. Please give us a, a review, and then also go check out uh, all the other uh, Rogue Media Network podcasts. Uh, yeah, Josie was recently on an episode of What's Your Excuse? What's Your Excuse, which is absolutely uh, hilarious. And not we just when they're on. <laughs> We uh, on the on the one that I was on, we called uh, Caitlin's exes, a few of Caitlin's exes, and uh, talked to them, and it was surprisingly wholesome. Mm. Uh, at least for the one that answered and and actually felt like he wanted to talk to us. Oh. Um, but uh, but it was good. It was really good. Uh, you can also check out the Keep Wickle Loud podcast. Uh, VHS trackers, tragedy plus time equals everything's fine. There's so many. There's so many. So many. Look us up. We're on Spotify. We're on We're on Rainbow Sound Flavors. Come check it out. Listen to the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Skittles Network. (laughs) At Skittles. Sponsor us. We are sponsored by Skittles, actually. We are... uh, Uh, I speak it into existence. Two two gays sponsored by Skittles. The first in podcasting history. (laughs) I don't know. All right, Becca. Anyway, let's get to that bi-weekly devotional. Bi-weekly devotional. The... The, the the drug book devotion. Every uh, every episode we we go back to our roots, to Tammy Hogue. Uh, oh Lord of our dumpster, tell us tell us the wisdom. From page nineteen mm. of the Dark Horse drug book. What does that mean? <laughs> don't 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 let's start. Oh, oh I've been Josie. You've been Becca. I've been Josie. We're your judges. Bruce it's by the cover. <laughs> don't 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 let's start. <laughs> oh god. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.